Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt. Big Kurt, are you on Twitter? At B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for everybody that's listening to this podcast now, especially for the people that forward it on and recommend it. We very much appreciate it all the time. Um, completely random. This was just a thought I had watching something on television last night. And I, I've always just been curious if I'm alone on this, but I think the hobby or just like thing to do that it, on the planet that is the last thing that I would ever want to do as a hobby or whatever would be rock climbing. Yeah. I've done it one time indoors. Like I'm indoors. Okay. And I'm it, talking it, like it actually awful. Right. Okay. So bad. And it's worse than you even think it's going to be. It really I think is. it would be absolutely horrible. But being on an actual rock, like in, like actually a rock out oh, in the middle no, of like you. Utah or you know wherever people go an to El do. Capitan, El Capitan, that's, that's right? the big one everyone likes to climb that people like die on probably. Yeah, oh yeah, twenty five sure. times a year and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, if you do it, good for you. But it it brings together so many things that I hate. I mean, first of all, the outdoors, number one. <laughs> so <I> was, <laughs> that's what that's why I thought of you and to bring it up on sobriety, the number two. <laughs> Right, you're doing. You can't. Well, be, you can't I, be first boozing. of all, before you get too far, your term on Twitter uh, of you being an active endorsement, no, avid endorsement, avid, avid endorsement. Yeah, that's that's in my little uh, banner. I have stole that. It's kind of my. Oh, okay. It's kind of hard. It's half mine now. I'm sorry, but I love it so much that I've 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 taken it to be partly my own. You know, it's funny. I like I came up with that on my own, but I have found other people on Twitter that have the exact same thing. That say avid endorsement. Yeah, that say okay. avid endorsement. So that's the first thing, because we're both avid endorsement. Absolutely. There's one thing outside of college football we agree on. Um, and then, so, you, so you're you're outdoors. Okay. Sober. You just you just yep. brought that. There's no way you can do that. No, 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 Drunk. no, 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 no. Um, the fear of death and just dying in general yep. uh, to I, go along with the... Heights. I mean, I don't. Oh, I hate heights too. I'm. See, I don't like. I don't hate heights. Like I remember the. Like I remember when I went up the Sears Tower. You know. Like, oh yeah, I've been up there. So so you don't. That even makes you feel uncomfortable. Oh absolutely. Okay. See th- that I'm okay with. I feel like I'm. Like engineers have obviously thought this out. It's a safe spot. Okay. I went up on the Chrysler Building in New York City, which I I guess at the time I didn't really realize that I had a fear of heights, and I went up there and it's an outdoor observation deck okay but there's a big glass wall i mean there's, you couldn't even get over it it'd be impossible just about i was scared to death up there okay i got my ass out of there quick so like on a scale of one to ten with ten being deathly afraid of heights you're you're a solid uh, eight or nine yes i'm okay. way up there i think i'm more of like a six i had but my... i don't but i can't imagine anybody loves the feeling of being at a height that's high enough where if you die, you are certainly going to perish. Like, I don't know how you could enjoy that. No, people do enjoy that. See, that's weird to me. Yeah, absolutely. And then the kicker of all of the things that would be awful for rock climbing. Like, I hate when my fingers have to be in crevices. Okay, you know, so like, that's why it's even worse than you could even imagine. Like, That's what little, I picture being bad. The tiniest little things that you have to, like, hold your body weight up with with you know, sometimes you can't even fit a whole finger in there it's 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 ridiculous i think that is the worst to me like and then i feel your like toes with, too your toes uh, are in these tiny little platforms like it's just stupid i can't believe people seek this out i don't they, know they take 
Thursday and Friday off from work yeah. to go on a trip to do it. You know, it just now, blows my mind. With that being said, there is an awesome documentary called The Dawn Wall. Okay. About these two guys that climb El Capitan and they do it. I don't know the and free solo. That was the other big one. So that, that one there. is much more popular, but it's not as good as the Don Wall. Ooh, really? They're, okay. they're both pretty good though. Um, so the free solo guy takes a known path up El Capitan with no ropes, nothing by himself, nobody else around. That which is maybe more the more amazing feat. But these guys, these two guys in the Don Wall, they create their own line that everyone says cannot be done. There's no way can, but they do it with ropes. They they so they get. Attempt after attempt after attempt. They're free climbing, but they have ropes to hold the to catch them if they fall. So there's there's parts of the climb that they do literally hundreds of times and fail and fail and fail. And they live on this freaking wall for three weeks. Horrible. And I mean, imagine you're eating, you're going to the bathroom up there, and they show them doing all this stuff. More things you just named that I would hate as much as anything. And you they like. People would uh, give them supplies, and they'd pull supplies up with pulleys, and then they'd throw, you know, like waste and garbage down. God, I mean, it it, it seemed awful. All right, I don't know. That was pretty random, but it's good. Hey, again, a couple more things we agree on outside the college football room. Yeah, a couple more. There was, and there was even some form of food related with it. Not, not you know, directly, but. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, climbing is out. Climbing, climbing is out. If there's ever an eyes on big excursion, <laughs> I can guarantee you it will not have rock climbing uh, activities as a part That's of it. That's right. Okay. So we uh, are going to be doing three more teams for the postseason grades: the Indiana Hoosiers, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and the Big Ten Championship Ohio State Buckeyes. We're going to save them. For last, uh, but before we get to that, we got some juicy housekeeping items. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. Yeah, start with the least juicy. Work to the more juicy. Yes, because okay? then we can talk more on the juicy part. At, at so the you know, there's. We were just talking before we started recording. I'm I'm drinking this beer right now. It's a it's a birthday beer. Yep. I'm the birthday boy today. I, I was I was going to leave it up to you to bring it up, but happy birthday. I'm bringing it up. Yes, I am now 45 years young. Wow, you're just going to throw the age out I'm there. throwing huh? it out there. Yeah. You don't look 45. Oh, so today at the gym. Um, Actually, with the beard that's got the pepper coming through, you, you look yeah. a little bit more for you. Okay, so today at the gym, I'm going to get back to my, my juicy story. Um, they found out that it was my birthday. And like, oh, happy birthday. And I go, yep. 29 years old and this girl looks at me in horror <laughs> i mean you should have seen the look oh, on this, this poor lady's face and i let it go for all i go i'm not 29 i'm 45 <laughs> and it's just like whoa okay wow to quote uh, indiana jones it's not the years it's the mileage all right yeah kind of like a running back very much so. You know? Yes, that's a good point. Okay, so anyway, I digress. I'm drinking this double IPA by Omni Brewing. It's a Minnesota company. I've actually met the the brewers. Delicious beer. But you know, there's a juicy IPA, too. That's like a a, a category of IPAs. So you, you can start with a non-juicy. We're working our way up to a juicy IPA here. Oh. That's that's what we're going to do in housekeeping. Okay. Oh, I, I see what you're going there. Going I, from non-juicy I was, I was to juicy. And I wouldn't know that because I 
hate IPAs with as a you should because intense passion of a white dwarf star. Right, that's yeah. a, the opposite of me. Okay, so that's, all right, it's makes sense. Only natural. All right, okay. Transfer portal news: IU running back Ronnie Walker Jr. has entered the portal. Now, if you remember, Ronnie Walker had a pretty good freshman season in 2018. He was basically the second back behind Stevie Scott, who had such a great year that year. And he kind of fell back in the running back room to third string behind Samson James, the new hot shot in town. So Ronnie Walker has entered the transfer portal. Penn State running back, this is a huge one, Ricky Slade, a former five-star running back from the class of 18, also in the portal. Uh, Maryland quarterback Tyrell Pigram has entered the Big portal. E. Not, not a huge surprise, I suppose, there. I don't think – well, maybe – So Slade, he was that's falling not, back, too. Yeah. That's not a – I mean, not only does he have I, – I think – I would be curious to know, but if you pulled college running backs and said, how comfortable are you falling down on the web, on the depth chart before you want to go? I, I think third would be about yeah, it. Yeah, like, I mean, top like, two, I th- you're going to get plenty. Of, that's you're going to get your carries. But, but third three, is like you're, you're only going to get a couple touches maybe a game. Correct. Right? And so, there could be two, three games at a time. You don't even really see the field. Sure. And with Penn State – I don't think it was that surprising. Um, no, I They got it. talent there. They got talent coming in. Um, I wonder, though, that Penn State's either right at, which is being generous, or over the scholarship limit, I believe. So it, it's it's interesting if maybe this was mm. maybe somebody that we got to start uh, paring things sure. down a little bit. Cleaning house. This, yep. Yeah. Which, trimming, by the way. Trimming the fat. Same thing I said on a previous podcast for uh, Indiana, um, and I'll say it here for Penn State. Maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing if a coach says you might want to think about moving on. Yeah, I mean your 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 playing time here will be limited. There's nothing wrong with being honest with a kid, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Moving on to some coaching news. Had to throw this one in there. Ron Zook is no longer an analyst at the University of Maryland. Short run. Yeah one one season. I don't, yeah. I don't. And they're kind of buds, him and Locks. Who knows? Strange. Would love to know the details behind that. Yeah. Like, I mean, my I would have a thought if Zook's like, I'm just not in, in it for this madness. Like maybe. It, like, it's just mayhem, and he's like, I... Maybe he's sitting there thinking, and I thought my run at Illinois was a circus. <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Illinois. No, I know, I know. Okay, moving on from that, Kirk Soraka did his first interview as OC at Penn State. Did you did you read I this? Got a couple excerpts. Okay, now keep in mind, Soraka is from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Okay, and he's a Penn State fan growing up. So for him, this is his ultimate dream job, being at Penn State. All right, one of his quotes was, "The first thing I was looking for was a head coach I respected and who I thought could help me grow as a coach and who had a great culture." A culture I believed in. I would say it's that last line that really is the dig. You think that's the big dig there? I think before that, you're giving respect to where you're going more than where you came from. See, the- but at the end, the that I believe in that to me seems like uh, that's a shot across the bottom. I've read this PGA. so many times now that I feel like it evolves every time I read it. Okay. Cause the first time I was like, Oh, a head coach you respect. So you're saying you don't respect PJ Fleck. See, that's where I'm saying. I think, but then I read it again. I'm like, no, I'm not sure that's a direct dig at him. Yeah. But yeah, that the culture I believed in, 
Hmm, that's interesting. He also said, "I wanted a coach at a school." Because all he could say is, just, "All you have to say is just a strong culture is important to me." Yeah, you don't have to word it the way he did. It seems like he almost kind of went out of his way to word it that way. And one thing I would say is, <laughs> in general, you know, I'm not not saying everybody, but. I don't think football coaches are known to be wordsmiths so much. No. Like these are guys that were football players. Okay. I was a football player, so I don't you know, I'm lots of you were lots of like not saying all football players are dumb, but I you know, you're not gonna oftentimes confuse them with, you know There's not a whole lot of Rhodes scholars amongst football players and coaches. Especially ones that wind up going into coaching sure. or staying in football because a lot of times they're guys that, right. you know, play after college, maybe, and then they get right back into coaching. They don't have a chance to be refined. So sometimes with what coaches have to say, you got to take it with a little bit of coach grain of salt. Yeah, and it could be shots back because when he left, PJ said a few things, and I don't have the the wording in front of me, but it seemed like he was kind of taking digs at Kirk. Hmm. Okay. So but little- it seemed like I thought PJ was known to – let his O coordinators and D coordinators do their thing that he doesn't. He, he is. He's very hands off. He even admits it. I, I, like I just let so, him coach. So wouldn't, I would think that would be something that Kirk Chiroka and anybody would like. Yeah. But maybe he's, maybe PJ was upset at the fact that Soraka left. Yeah. So then he got his digs and now Soraka's throwing it back. It's like volleys back and forth. But yet not to the level that Geddes and Locks took No, <laughs> not exactly. That was a whole different thing. So he also said, quote, I wanted to coach at a school where I thought I had a legitimate chance to win a national championship. Uh, definitely a better chance to win a national championship at Penn State than Minnesota. I don't yeah. think we're saying anything profound here. Um, I don't think you have to say that. No, you don't have to say that. You could say it in the form of, I am excited at the ability, at the chance at Penn State to win national championships. I think you could just say that. Wouldn't that be enough? Yeah. It's kind of strange. It didn't seem like there was a rift when they were together, but now, and maybe it's just like that post-breakup, like, oh, never liked her anyway. That type of deal. Yeah. 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 Do you got one more housekeeping? Um, wait, let me see if there's any. I thought that was the think end. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah that. Oh. Here we go. This got lost in the shuffle here. Michigan State University head coach Mark D'Antonio has announced his retirement. So we're recording on Thursday. Yeah, his quote retirement. Jeffrey the Greek's doing the air quote retirement. We're recording on February the 6th, Thursday. This was announced uh, yesterday. On Wednesday, right? Yeah. The 5th? Yeah. yeah. So a little uh, bio for D'Antonio here. Winningest MSU head coach all time. 114 wins, 57 losses over 13 seasons. One of only 11 teams to ever make the college football playoff beginning in 2014. That's pretty impressive. It is. Uh, Great scheme, great development. I consider him an overachiever with what he was given. Three-time Big Ten champ. 2010, 2013, 2015, two-time Big Ten Coach of the Year in 2010 and 13. Also won the Rose Bowl after the 2013 season. There is absolutely no denying that Mark D'Antonio was a great coach in the Big Ten. And I really don't think you can deny that he's either the greatest coach in Michigan State football history or it's a 1A, 1B thing yeah it's him and Duffy Doherty I would think Th- so. there's there's really nobody else yeah. I mean those Duffy did things probably yeah similar level I yep. mean 
Michigan State, um, you know, they were ranked number one in the country at one point when when Doherty was coaching. Second most wins. So, yeah, it's 1A and 1B. But I always and barely I, more wins. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, by two. I think I think yeah, you got it. Two ish. Yeah. Two ish. Two or three. Um, I would always err towards the la- the the most recent coach in comparisons like that because I believe it to be a more competitive market that you must win in. Uh, back yeah, in the day, I think fair. there was literally half the teams in any given conference that just weren't even trying yeah that's not even over no i think that's probably accurate so i think you had you know three or four there's like exponentially more money nowadays right you know before it was just like some small time operation correct if you went into a locker room like in the 1960s it looked like your high school locker room yeah i think so yeah nowadays it's you know they're palaces correct and the pressure was a little bit higher but not much meaning compared to a high school team compared to a college oh, yeah. team oh, I agree. back in the day. Yeah, the pressure. I mean, they gave you. But, but again, it's just like you fall asleep behind the wheel in the 2000s. And I think oh. you can go back to the 90s. 90s anyway, 80s, even 80s. Know? Yeah. Um, and you fall asleep behind the wheel against a decent team. You're going to get beat. I don't think it happened that much back in the day. So anyways, we're gotten off on a tangent here. But um, so, yeah, Mark D'Antonio is gone. Um, do we kind of pat ourselves on the back? We have here? to pat ourselves on the back. We called this preseason. It was preseason. It we was, said this was, was good. We said it was going to be D'Antonio's last year. And that was one of the reasons that I picked Michigan State. I'm like, he's gonna have resurgence. He is gonna he's gonna go all out in his last season, one last hurrah, and win the East. And shame on me. And my choice my decision that he was gonna go is because none of that was going to happen. Okay. He was going to have a bad year and this was going to hasten his exit. Well, um, you were more accurate than I then. Um so strange timing here, right? I think we gotta start with that. Yeah. Quote air quotes <laughs> strange. strange timing here. Yeah. So obviously he got his his uh his bonus on the fifteenth of January, four point three million, I believe, dollar bonus. Um good money if you can get it. it, it and if if you get it, let, won't you tell me how? I believe is how I'll the share some goes. with you if I ever do. But okay, so he knew what he was doing. He knew he was retiring before this, right? He wanted his bonus, but the athletic department had to be complicit. They knew he was retiring. One would love to know. Um, I don't. I wouldn't think it's hard for me to blame him too much on that part. Well, I wouldn't think that Mark D'Antonio knew six months ago. That he was going to retire no. after he got his bonus in January. My guess is it was something that was dawning on him as the season went on. I think so. I, like, I would agree with that. I would say pretty quickly after the Arizona State game and then Ohio State second half, my guess is at that point, and then that just insane, you know, uh, schedule the gauntlet that they had of five gauntlet games after yeah. that. That's probably when it started to dawn on him. Um, I think he said in his press conference that basically he lost the fire, for lack of a better way. I don't know if he actually so used that, that. I think that's pretty much how you can sum up the his reason, is like he was burnt out, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a – burnt out means to me that you are you need a break and you're going to come back. This doesn't feel like a I'm going to take a break and come back thing to me. Okay, extra but, burnt then. Like, he's done. <laughs> I think he's done. Yeah. And he's – He's pretty long in the tooth too, so I don't think. I yeah, think that's sixty-four. Gonna, I think. Yeah, so that's going to make a little difference as well. Um, but more about the timing. So yeah. the day before the late signing period, he 
So maybe it was the it might have been the fourth he actually announced this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was was the fourth. It was the night before it started. By the way, Twitter broke it. It, it, Twitter is Twitter. We we pull our hair out. But before it was announced that evening, it was on Twitter that day. Yep. Right. Yep. So day before the late signing period, I'm not it didn't really affect their signing class at all. But um, he so again, back to the, the, the bonus on the 15th. If he didn't tell the athletic department, he waited till get his bonus, and then he decided to retire. Horrible look. Um, if they were both in on it together, horrible look. I think just giving him the bonus at that point, at in any year, is just a hor- it's horrible timing. Okay. It's gonna look bad. It, it's gonna make you look bad, right? Maybe I have a weird take on this. Okay. Um. So first of all, my gut feeling is that D'Antonio and the athletic department were in on it. They, they I think so, too. I, I don't know. I have I have nothing to point to. It's just my gut feel from it. I just put myself in that situation. I imagine that's what had to be happening. Okay. As I've done in the past, I have compared college football and coaches and stuff like that to sales in the business world, right? Um, I have been a part of organizations, or at the very least heard of organizations, where a long-tenured salesperson, manager, vice president, you mm-hmm. know, type of deal. People have known that he was on his way out the door. Yeah. And they basically are like, this, thank you for all the work and money you've made our company over the years. They they let him take home a very robust bonus mm. on the way out the door. And it's a good thing. It's a nice thing to do for somebody that's done a lot of good things for your well, it certainly makes it more attractive okay, did, for did the that next work? coach. Did that work? Okay, there you go. Yeah. Did that work, though, that yeah. comparison? Yeah, I, I think don't, so. I don't think it's that bad of a big of a deal. And here's the thing. And Pe- let me ask you this. You if you it. had the ability to take home $4.3 million, and the only thing you had to do was do your job for Oh, a- I'm not saying no to that. Okay, so anybody out there and I, that's throwing mud at Mark D'Antonio for sticking around taking that $4.3 million, you would do the same thing. I I don't care who you are. Well, you would do on. the same thing. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me tell you something that may temper what you just said there. His quote in the presser was Michigan State is bigger than any one person. So if this if the timing of this decision hurts the program at all, he is a big fat liar. Okay. I see what you're saying there. The the, the both could be true at the same time to a certain degree. Maybe. I, Michigan State will be fine. He will be even more fine with 4.3 more. Million. And here's another thing about the timing. This is not a good time to hire a coach unless you have like a coach in waiting or someone that you know is going to take the job that and you I know feel is going like, to be good. I feel so, like that was the general reaction of, of Michigan State Twitter. He cut off the potential. Like the, there was a huge pool of potential hires that you could have made back in December. They're gone. It's only the ones that have ties to Michigan State now that are left. So, I'm I half agree with that. Okay. Um, I I another thing I guess I'm not trying to take a contrarian approach here, but I saw Pete Futek on he he put out a tweet too that said, "Is this really that bad a timing?" I think the timing it's and not ideal. Freaking out about it is is overreacting. Like, I, I in all honesty, I would have waited. 48 more hours because get the recruiting class completely. No, that looks sucked. even worse then. You think so? Yes, you can't but, do that. But that is helping Michigan State out 
Yeah, but you it's can't. It's not like the recruits coming in are going to be re- recruited by nobody. I, I mean, mean, they're going to get a coach. I guess if you told the recruits ahead of time, look, he's going to going to retire tomorrow. You can't just, you know, misrepresent yourself. Yeah. Let them sign and then say, oops, I'm gone. See you later. Thanks a lot. So do you Good think luck. that's why they did it? At the eleventh hour before the recruiting, probably, yeah, that's because a good point. then technically he can say, "Sure, we stopped it." You know, or there's, I, I, there's not a lot of spots left for any for kids to go to right now. No, no, yeah, yeah. So that's an, I don't know. So I guess it's I don't as like good the timing. A, I really it's as don't. Good a time as any to bring up. I don't have anything prepared, but essentially, okay. Let me let me put it this way. Um, we have referred to D'Antonio as. The snake oil salesman. Mr. Yep, Mr. Snake Oil. Um, we have gotten no, we've gotten barely any. I haven't gotten from, any blowback at all. My point is, if let's say there's a uh, Pac-12 football specific podcast, sure, and they refer to David Shaw as the snake oil salesman, people would be like, "Why are you calling David Shaw?" <laughs> right. Like, like there would be a seems lot of like the most upfront. Like, okay. So the point is. We haven't gotten that reaction, so yeah. I don't think we're alone in that people view D'Antonio like that. So I would pose this question to you. Where does that come from? Where had it come from in the past? Well, okay, for me, I you know, I, it's some of mine, is, it's probably unfair, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm directing some of that snake oilness, I'm directing at Michigan State overall because their athletic department is just so sleazy. I think that's part of it. It's the worst in the Big Ten. It's like part you, of you, what... you talk about the, the Nasser stuff, all the sexual stuff that wasn't reported, and they and they refused to to share information that should have been public knowledge. And I mean, D'Antonio didn't do a, a whole lot wrong in that whole thing. But if but you are d- a if you are a diehard Michigan State football fan yeah. and you really don't care about anything else, that would upset you because you're like, this didn't. None of that stuff had anything to do with the football program i think that's that accurate yeah okay i mean but yet there's still stuff that's out there you know then you got like now there was specific which i think you know you have to talk about is things that he he was just deposed a couple weeks ago right so that has something to do with all of this i believe well and there's some new accusations which had just come out the day before, I want to say that he retired from the, this whole Blackwell thing, and these are only accu- accusations. But now they're throwing in possible recruiting violations. Yes. Okay. So, anyways, long story short, there was there was Iowa, Michigan State Twitter going beef going on for about you know twenty four to thirty six hours. I hope it's died down now because I think the whole thing was stupid. That was all started by a a girl that's not even affiliated with. You know, definitely not the football program or the university. She's not. She doesn't even have a, you know, like the Cedar Rapids Gazette or. Okay. She's not even. It's she just no check mark. She's like no. She's just like a comedian that is oh, an this Iowa is, fan. I, I know who you're talking. And about. And then yeah. that started the Iowa okay. Michigan State beef. Um, I'll be honest. I watched it. I thought a lot of it was unfair. I I I watched it and I was just like, okay, okay whatever. It's, it's silly. But it's just comedy, right? It, it was. An, it's an attempt at comedy. Yeah. yeah. Um, an attempt. An attempt. <laughs> um, and then, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, that then folds into the coaching hire. That's, that's This is going to be eminent. so interesting. It's the, already interesting. I mean, what what happens here is going to, we're going to come back and either say we were totally right on a bunch of the stuff or totally wrong. So we it, it is confirmed that um, 
the the three guys that I threw out immediately. It's I'm <clears throat> nothing nothing groundbreaking here, right? But Iowa State's Matt Campbell. Yep. Pitts, Pat Narduzzi, right. and Cincinnati's Luke Fickle. Right. Matt Campbell already said, no thanks. That's official. Didn't surprise me at all. Pat Mar- Narduzzi. Now, there will not be a Narduzzi to Michigan State move. The debate is, is that because Michigan State said no thanks to Narduzzi or that Narduzzi said no thanks to Michigan State? We don't know that. But and I'll be honest, I've heard both. I have so heard, I have no idea. I have no idea either. But... As of now, when we are recording this, it could change by the time this posts. Luke Fickle is still the number one most wanted coach by Michigan yep. State fans. So. And in fact, uh, this is from SI.com. So they interviewed uh, D'Antonio. This is this was D'Antonio talking. I, I'll be honest. With you, I don't know when this was. This is a little while ago, though. Luke Fickle is a great coach. He is a proven winner and talent evaluator and developer, according to a member of the administration who speaks for Spartan Nation. He is D'Antonio's guy. Once Mark realized he wasn't going to get the job for Mike Tressel, he is all in on Luke. Great coach. The biggest concern is that he is tied tight to D'Antonio, and it's time to move on from D'Antonio. So... Well, that's interesting. So, so basically, one thing I put on Twitter right away is there seems to be okay. We we still got allegations that we don't know are going to come out, right? Um, if obviously D'Antonio is tied to these allegations, which you think they would be because they're going to be have happened in the last several years under the football program, bringing in a D'Antonio, for lack of a better term, disciple, probably not Pro- the smartest. No, one. not a great idea. Yeah. So I didn't realize that he was trying to elevate Tressel. I think that was. Yeah, a common thing. Well, I mean, one thing you can say about D'Antonio is, is he's overly loyal to Could be. Guys. That's a good point. I mean, he should have clean house on the offensive side of things. Um, outside of that, the other guys that have thrown, been thrown out there, Marvin Lewis, Pat yeah, Shermer. Pat Shermer, MSU alum. Oh, is he an alum? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't um, know that. And then I, I don't know this name. Thanks, Sean Dwyer. Uh, Robert Salah. Former 49ers defense, or maybe yeah. he's the cur- current uh, 49ers defensive coordinator. I've heard that name get. Used used to be a, I think current Michigan State. So those okay. are the names getting thrown out there. But um, it, at some point in the offseason, we'll do a rank and file of like the 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 teams in the Big Ten as far as. Yes, we're going to do that. We'll do that. It's going to be good. But Michigan State has moved down a little bit. And because of right now, if you're a coach, these coaches are like. They're like chicks in a you know uh, quilting bee. Is that is that an expression? That's is that an expression that's still probably not. That's dated. But anyways, it, it these coaches know the ins and outs of what's going on behind the scenes. I would think so. There, there's, a, to, there's a rumor mill. Yes. Yep. If you go to a coach on Ohio State staff or Indiana staff, they know stuff that's yes. happening behind the scenes at Michigan right. State. So they share that with people. Obviously. Luke Fickle knows whatever there is to be known about it. Luke no doubt. Fickle knows. No doubt. So one would think many coaches do. So it's going to be interesting to see. I could see this wind up being a interim trestle deal Boy. as things get I mean, ironed out. Okay. Before. That makes sense. Kind of because the, the haze in the barn as far as the recruiting class. So you don't have to worry about losing recruits. So you can have an interim and then hire someone like, I would get it done sooner rather than later, but like get it done, you know, preseason during the season, 
So the new, the next wave of recruits know who it's going to be. So if it is an interim thing, you would see it going all the way through the spring, summer, and into the football season next year. Maybe not into the football season, but I would think they'd get it done by summertime okay. so that so that everyone knows who the coach is going to be. If but, it goes past if it goes past the Masters, okay? okay. So like April, it, it's going to be Mike Tressel all the way through the football season in 2020. That's my Boy, call. this is going to be fun to watch. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy. Um, Let's see. What else? Any any other notes on uh, on our guy? Oh, so they asked him directly, did you, did any of the allegations have anything to do with it? Absolutely zero. Um, what know, else is he going to Typical say? defiant uh, D'Antonio. That's a dumbass question. Yeah, it's a dumbass question. Um <laughs> I don't know. The, it's know, just like anything else with D'Antonio. You're grasping at straws to actually explain what's going on here. Because, yeah. like, you know there's something there that's greasy and grimy, but you can't get your hands on it. <laughs> you never can. And isn't that the definition of a that's snake oil That's pretty salesman? much it. Yeah, that's so, pretty much good it. Good on you. And I, I would assume if you're a Michigan State fan listening to this, you believe we are besmirching D'Antonio. In the end, the guy had unbelievable success. You cannot success. argue with what he accomplished there. It was absolutely incredible. He used whatever resources he could to make that football program. Yeah. I mean, they were they were a hard-hitting, defensive-coached team. That was They definitely led with their defense. sound, I think you can say. Yep. When they were doing... Because, by the way, Michigan State doing always used to be this bad on offense. Like, it, them being no. that bad. They would have a timely – they would have a good running game yep. and a timely passing game. Sure. But that just has gone awry the last two It certainly years. has. Yep. I guess one more thing is um, remember that, that poignant moment during the season when they asked him, you know, is, are you kind of on your way out? No. It's, it's not over. It's never over. But now it's over. And that was late in the season. It's that pretty quote. late. Yeah, I would like to know how much of his own words he believed at yeah. that moment. But one thing he did say that stuck out to me is he said right now he feels like he's 50-50. And if you're 50-50, it's time to step away, which I respected the hell out of him Absolutely. for saying that. No, this is not a 50-50 per- profession. No, it is not. And yeah. he made that very clear. Yeah. So anyway, happy trails, Mark D'Antonio. Yeah. Best of luck in your next phase of life. Yeah, growling at somebody. He's going to fit very well into the get-off-my-lawn phase. Yeah, I can imagine. He's already got the face down. I can imagine him at, like, family functions with that scowl, you know, like the furrowed brow, and, honey, can you you pass the potatoes? What? All right, here's the damn potatoes. (laughs) All right, so that gets us into what is actually our final pod for team reviews. Um, We're kind of Tarantino in this thing. We've... We've already got Michigan, Maryland, Nebraska, Northwestern in the hopper. In the can, I think, is is what they say. Is they the say in the can? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so sorry to the fans of those teams, but the D'Antonio news prompted us to come in to record. So now we're just going to continue on with a podcast. Yep. So yours yours got bumped back a you, week. You got bumped. Sorry. It, it was it would blame D'Antonio. Not big curtains. D'Antonio's fault. It is not our fault. So we're going to go with the Indiana Hoosiers, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and the Ohio State Buckeyes. So first By up. By the way, hold on. Did you notice yeah, I wore today? I didn't want to comment on that. Well, hey, I own a gopher sweater. Yeah. We're doing the gophers today. I'm wearing my gopher sweater. You will never catch me in maroon and gold till the day I die. <laughs> All right. First up, Indiana, 
The Hoosiers preseason over under was six. Actual record eight and four mm. with the bull loss. They wound up eight and five. Doesn't matter what grade we give at the end. This is what we know. This was a very good year for Indiana football. Boy, it was a great year. I mean, you got to go back. Was it 91 that they had a, yeah. an equivalent year? Yeah. 90, 91, somewhere around. The, maybe even back to the 87, 88 run that they had. This was awesome. Hoosier fans should be ecstatic at what happened this year. And I think by and large they they, oh, they are. And yeah. they're pretty excited for the future. Um, I mean, coming into the season, we we had reasons to believe that Indiana was going to be pretty darn good. Um, but but not not that many reasons where you thought you thought them going two games over the Vegas over under of six was a no brainer. So it was one of the more difficult ones for me to choose. I only pegged them at five and seven preseason. So they way exceeded my expectations. But I'll be honest with you, there were times I had them like at seven and five, too. Okay. I think and I, I had them at six I was and seven. Bouncing all around. One of these days I'm gonna find my predictions. <laughs> and actually actually it's too late now. I'm not gonna do it. Um but uh, yeah, so Again, I, I you definitely didn't get the feel that this was going to be like a a four and eight team or a three and no. nine team. Like you knew there was something there, but there is no doubt about about it. They they performed higher than what a lot of people had anticipated. So going back to the schedule, doing our you know kind of four game at a time uh, uh, breakdown. So they start the year out. Uh, Blaston, Ball State, and Eastern Illinois. Well, more Eastern Illinois than Ball State, but anyways, they start the season out. 2-0, which is what you're supposed to uh, with that schedule. Then, of course, they get the, the you well, it's, know, it's Big a, Ten East. It's the, essentially a, 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 not a bye. What do we call it? A, a idle. It's an idle week. It, it pretty much is. They got, I mean, they got killed by Ohio State. That was, But that was three weeks into the season, and you, we still didn't quite know how I suppose amazing that's probably Ohio State true. was at that point. But it's too bad you can't just start your second string against Ohio State. <laughs> just, just save it for the next week. Because uh, it's not idle. You have to take that beating, you know? But long story short, uh, so they're 2-1 and one at that point. Then they destroy UConn the next week. So then they're sitting there at 3-1. and one. I mean, that is, that's, that's good, but it is exactly what everybody predicted them to be at that point. Well, let's be honest. You're beating UConn, yeah, Eastern Illinois, and Ball's Taint, right? So, <laughs> right. So, what I'm saying is, at that point, they were what the, what we thought they were. Yeah, but you had no idea what they really were. Correct. Yeah. And then, I would say, if you went back in the year, if you asked Hoosier fans which okay. game you would want back the most, I believe it would be the game after UConn, which was a 40 to 31 loss to Michigan State. I think they did the proverbial. Snatched, snack, def- can't talk. Grab defeat from the from the jaws know. of victory. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Uh, so they, they did that there with Michigan. They 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 were the better team in that game. I think they they. they it seemed like it. They, and they were the better team by the end of the year too. The sphincter puckered they in, during that game. They Just, did. They got super puckered and they they gave they gave it away. But many Indiana teams in the past would have let that game beat them Yes, another time or two. What did Indiana do after that? They rolled off four wins in a row. Okay, next week, Rutgers, you know, but you're supposed to beat Rutgers. But they shut them out. They beat them 35 to nothing, so that's a huge win. Then they beat Maryland by a touchdown. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think we had quite understood we, how bad Maryland we was. Had, we did not understand yet. We were starting to understand. But at that point, we still had 79 nothing and whatever 83 to whatever the other one was yep. in our head. So they're still doing good at that point. So they are 6-2 uh, and two at that point, right? One, two, three, four, five and two at that point. Okay. So then next up is a road game at Nebraska. If I can remember correctly, they were dogs in this game. I do not believe Vegas picked them to win this game. It's a little bit like three points, I want to say, right? Yeah. Um, and if memory is serving me correct, I do believe this was right off the heels of the Minnesota loss for Nebraska. Seems about right. Sounds right about. about right. Sure. So that was a game that was very much I remember people making very uh staunch predictions in that game and I remember repeatedly telling people I don't know how you could expect anything in this this is this game that game was a complete mystery to me on who would have won that game yeah I mean it was a toss-up right right and to me it was I think so very much so but Indiana won. And again, that is a type of game that I don't believe Indiana wins. They would not have in the past. I mean, a road game going into Lincoln. And, you know, obviously extremely intimidating place to play. Even if they're the better team in the past, they would have just, you know, pooped their diaper yeah. and, and just gone home. So that's right, because that got them to six wins on the season. So at that point, we already knew Indiana was bowl eligible. So that was a big, that was a watershed moment for Tom Allen and his and mm. his football program. Great I, moment. I, say. I mean, I, I wonder the last time they were bowl eligible that early in a season. Oof, well, it's definitely back in the 90s because, I mean, well. It's probably back to the 80s even. Maybe even that. It's got to be yeah. like 87, 88. Because they've been bull eligible since 93, the big year. But that early? That's a good that's a good question. Maybe back 67 when they won the Big Ten. Could be. Could be. I'm serious. Because we're, I mean, the Nebraska game was October 26th. We're not even to November yet. Then the next week, they they turn around and just, and, and just pecker slap Northwestern. I mean, 34 to 3. We knew how bad Northwestern was. At that point. And I think at this point, we're also learning how good Indiana is. Very much At the so. same time. So that so good in that we kind of wondered what they would look like next week versus Penn State. I remember thinking, is this when they finally get the monkey off their back and beat a helmet skull? They, hang with, they hung with Penn State. So they lost that game by a, by a touchdown, 34-27. I, I wouldn't say there was ever a feeling that Penn State wasn't the better team. They were. But they certainly hung with Penn State. Absolutely. Then we thought that they were going to catch Michigan at the perfect time. Do you remember that? Yeah, I I feel like, though, I had more confidence in them going into Penn State than into that Michigan game because Michigan was really gaining steam at that point. And then they got – because and then, then also, they got pecker say, Michigan, that was, Did you just say – I'm sorry, but this was right before Michigan played Ohio State. So Correct. we thought they were catching them. No, they got they got they got killed. That was a pecker slapping. Thirty nine to fourteen. It, it was worse than that. Then that's it. Really was. Um, but again, good on Indiana because they didn't let that game beat nope. them twice either. You turn right back around. That is tough. You know, you play Michigan, uh, and then you have to turn around and go on the road to play your rival. I know Purdue wound up four and eight, but this is a plucky Purdue team that we had talked about in a previous. And I'll podcast. say it again, like you. you People at like programs that are traditionally successful look down their noses at the Indianas and Purdue's of the world and say, well, that's not a real rivalry. I'm telling you, I grew up in Indiana. Purdue and Indiana folks 
hate each other. Accurate. They they want to win that game and they want to win it big. They want to embarrass the other team. There is a lot of Twitter smack that goes back and forth. Yes, there is. Between those two fan bases. So boom, right there. I mean, that was that as good of a year as can be for Indiana. They, at that point, they're eight and four. I no, mean, because you would want have one would have wanted them to get one of the big boys, right? That was the thing that sure. the resume was missing at that sure, point. Sure, but honestly, look back at the beginning of the year. This is all you could have asked for. Like, you know, some of the publications will do best case scenario, worst case scenario. Yes. This was the best case scenario. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um it's funny, preseason this was the best you could have thought. Yeah. But Postseason, yeah, postseason. I suppose you can always look back and the say, Michigan "Well, State game. yeah, Michigan State." That's the and then one. unfortunately, I mean, the Tennessee, uh, the bowl game versus Tennessee. It was a bad game for IU. What it was, was the stat? Was it two hundred and forty nothing before that for a team that had? No, it was more than that. I thought it was four hundred seventy-one to one. Really? Was it that bad? I thought it was four hundred something. Is that? Is there even that many possibilities? I have. That's a lot. It seems like a lot of. I don't the, know. The stat we're trying to point at is having a 13 point lead with less than five minutes to go. It was more than re- 200. I thought. Okay. I thought it was 240 to one, but you're saying 471. I thought it was 400 something. Okay. Either way, they should have won that game. So, and that was that was a bitter pill to swallow. And and Tom Allen had talked a lot about the the things that they wanted to do. It wasn't just get to a bowl game. It was win a bowl game. He made you know very clear on that, and they weren't able to get yep. it done. So uh, Indiana had a bad day that day. I had a bad day that day rolling my ankle. But oh, Indiana was, was much worse. That was the ankle. They had a much day. worse day than I did. I'm still paying for it. They're still paying for it. Boy, um, losing that one hurt, and that's going to affect my grade big time. So a uh, couple stats, but uh, so total offense 41, which is pretty darn good, which is crazy because yeah. they were 106 in rushing. Boy. That's, that's pretty bad. That's I, I would not have guessed that much. But they 15th were 15th in passing. 15th in passing. The most surprising thing looking down their stats is total defense, 36th. That has to be the quietest 36th ranked defense in the history of the Big Ten. Am man. I right? It's insane. There was a point in this season, I don't remember like, where it was. You look at some of these points they gave up. Uh, 51, 40, 28, 31, 34, 39, 41. That does not sound like the 36th ranked uh, defense. But it's like it's it's offset by just, you know, blankings and, and near shutouts. I suppose that's true. And, and but playing still, a really weak non-con. It, it just didn't feel like the 36th. It felt like a good defense, but it, not that good. Well, it felt like it felt like a solid defense like an okay defense i remember talking to an iu friend of mine like it had to be i think it was beyond mid-season like let's say two-thirds the way through the season and as much as i love tom allen i was like you know what he's a defensive guy and they're just not getting it done defensively and if you can't do that then i'm I'm not sure this is gonna work long term and look at this. That's crazy. The other thing that just makes no sense to me, they were seventh in the country in time of possession. How no do you kidding? How do you go? How are with you that s- running game? That's no, is, that they, has to be a misprint. No, no, I got this right off NCA.org.org. Oh, my God. Seventh, seventh in, in the country. So, like, that's how efficient their passing attack. Was. That's how good Peyton Ramsey and, and um, uh, Michael Penix are. In, insane. Like wow. it, it, they they were like their own style of offense to a certain degree. You could, I'm sure you could do a coaching clinic just on what they did on offense sure. this year, right? Like coaches all over must be saying, "How do you throw the ball that much and and that maintain time that of possession?" You, 
I mean, they must yeah. be clamoring to go to a, an IU coaching clinic right yep. now. Yeah. It's a Kalen well, DeBoer. Not, I was going to say, it's not going to be a IU coaching clinic. It would probably be sure. a Kalen DeBoer one because, sadly, he has, for Indiana fans, Watch he has, out for Fresno next year. Yeah. Um, team Stub, I, I, to me, I, I would assume we agree with this, is wide receiver Wap Fillior for me. So I went with Peyton. You, okay. So I have special mention to Peyton Ramsey here. And as all IU fans should know, I love me some Wap Fillior. But Wap Fillier, 70 catches, 1,002 yards, mm. low touchdown total, five touchdowns. It seemed like he had more touchdowns. I know that part that. is weird. Yeah. But I'm going with Peyton just because he was such a leader. He deserves it. Yeah. As painful as it is because he's moved on. But uh, uh, the best game moment, um, I think you could go with two, which would be beating Nebraska on the road. Again, beating a, you know, a, uh, a blue blood program to get to bowl win to get to a uh, your sixth win of the year huge moment for them but i i went with purdue at the end of the okay. year because getting to eight wins was a thing for them yeah, and doing it so. against your rival so that i think if you ask Hoosier fans that would be the part that they enjoyed the most i'm going with Overtime nebraska game. you went with nebraska yeah i'm yeah. going with nebraska just you know big time program big time atmosphere on the road that just that was a, a like a a checkbox for me okay uh the biggest thing uh looking back i hate to put a negative twist on this but just how close they were to being a truly considered you know elite team if if they beat mm. michigan state not to say that they were that close to penn state but like it's that wrapped in with just the fact that they were a really solid eight and four team i, I don't know the two things are kind of they're kind of together, if that makes any sense. Yeah, could you imagine saying 2019 IU Hoosiers 9-3? and three? Right. Oh. I mean, if they beat Michigan State and win their bowl game, that was a 10-3 and three team. They were that close. They were that close. I, I mean, really they were. should have been a 9-4 and four team. They should have won both of those games. Right? Boy. I don't know. So that, you know what I mean? That It's the two things wrapped together. So mine, and maybe this shouldn't be that much of a riddle. Maybe it's just, you know, I don't know Kalen DeBoer that well. We saw him one year, but where was that rushing offense? You seemed like you had a pretty solid offensive line. You have Stevie Scott, you have Samson James, you have Ronnie Walker Jr. I just never could understand why they couldn't run the ball. Yeah, it was weird. It just didn't make sense. Uh, The biggest thing moving forward is can they take that next step? Can they basically do what they did last year except knock off one of the big boys? Yeah, biggest question moving forward. Man, I've got so many of them. Is um, De- life without Kalen DeBoer is That's scary. one of them. Um, keeping recruiting at an elevated level, which they kind of took a step back. Keeping Mike Hart is a big one. Um, the sanity of Tom Allen, because he's won like a spring. You never know he's going to break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I fair. think I'm going to go with replacing Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I think for me, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Which ties into mine with can they take the next step? If you can replace Kalen DeBoer, I believe they can take yes, the next step. For but sure. That is a big question. So 2019 team grade, uh, like many of mine, I have one but could be talked into two. So I, I was on the line between a B plus and an A minus. I have decided to go with a B plus. Okay. Because really it was just either the Michigan State or bowl game. They definitely would have been an A minus had they won one of those, especially the bowl, I might even have gotten them up to an A. I might even have been that okay. much. Okay. But I'm going with a very solid. And by the way, if like I, I do a percentage B plus, you know, because like a B plus would be like 
86 to 89 percent or 87 89 yeah, i think 80, 87 80, 80, yeah so i'm gonna give like an 89.5 it is that close to an a oh wow okay so if we could somehow remove that bowl game like if you had asked me before the bowl game i would go a solid a solid like 95 percent not an a plus but an a that that thing hurt it hurt me it hurt them we were all hurting that day. I'm going B plus. Okay. Wow. I thought you were gonna go a low A minus. No. No. I, but I think B we're plus fair with the B plus. Ah, just the way they lost that game. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mercy. All right. So that gets us on to another maroon color team here, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Preseason over under seven point five. Insert Gopher fans chuckles right here. <laughs> right. right? Actual record 10 and 2 in the regular season, 11 and 2. Another team that, again, I don't know if necessarily came out of nowhere, but came out of close to nowhere for a big team, for a yeah, big season. I wouldn't say nowhere, but they, they were a lot of people considered them a dark horse to win the West. So I wouldn't say nowhere, but I definitely, they, they way overachieved my ex- expectations. I thought they were going to be a good team. I didn't think they were going to be a great team. They were a great team this year. Saturday tradition zone, Dustin Schutte picked them to win the Big Ten West. That's so right, he did. He did. So there were people out there that uh, had uh, Minnesota up. We saw how Minnesota finished the year, the previous year in 2018. They knocked off Wisconsin. They won a very impressive uh, uh, bowl game versus Georgia Tech. Remember, that was uh, Fat Boy's you know, exit. Uh, yeah, not only did they Tech. win it, they beat hell out of Georgia Tech. Correct. Day. So, like you said, it it didn't come out of nowhere, but I, I don't I don't think too many people at ten and two down on their win loss. No. Uh, now the record or the schedule did play into this. It's it's kind of hard to That's true to get away from it. So it's um, one of those it's one of those seasons where everything kind of sets up. You, you've got moment, momentum. You've got the personnel. You've got the coaching in place. Everything's working out. And you get the schedule. But how many times have we seen teams get served up that beautiful plate of food and they just toss it right back at the chef I and saw they screw it, it up? I saw Illinois do it this year. They didn't screw it up. Minnesota no, they did, not. did what they had to do and they made it work. So going over the schedule, pretty easy to start out with. You just start out with a bunch of W's. WWWW. So funny. South Dakota State, first game of the year, they could have lost that game. That's a that's a that's an FCS program. Let's be honest. I mean, that that was that game was a toss up going like late into the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I would say Minnesota definitely was the better team. I oh, felt yeah. that at the time, but but like, they weren't they, weren't they just weren't getting well. it done. No, they weren't playing well yeah. in that game. Then you go out to Fresno State. I had predicted this as a loss for Minnesota going into the season, just because I told Gopher fans all the time, like. Man, I hate West Coast games that are late. This sure. kicked off like, I think it was like nine o'clock local time. It was past midnight by the time Gosh, this game was it got that late. Oh, it was late because I remember I was not sober by the time I was watching the end well, of this game. Well, I just the thing I remember about the game is I was at the Liege, and yeah, it was pretty late. It was late, and I was, you know, many bourbons deep at that point. Yeah, so it was pretty much all a go for nation, but thirty-eight to thirty-five in two. Overtimes. That was so arguably think, the best college game, football game of the weekend. Think about that. that. Think about how how much things could have changed if they had not won that two overtime game right there. And could have should have won it. I know. I was gonna say could have should have what is always a part. I don't think you're saying that to like no. I mean that, but 
that's I mean that in a good the, way. I mean right. in a good that's way. That's how the sport goes. You 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 win those games, you pull those out, you get catapulted. Learning how to win is a thing. It is a thing. So the fact that they won that, I'm giving them credit because it, you know, again, they weren't playing that well. They Correct. weren't playing as well as they expected to play. And that's again, West Coast uh kickoff. Yes. Flying out there. It is a tough spot for Absolutely. Big Ten teams to go out there and do that. And then again, we're going to keep the theme going. They beat Georgia Southern 35 to 32. Now, they were definitely the better team in this game, but boy did they play slide. They were their ball handling in that game was awful. Yeah, was I mean, was it Georgia Southern making big plays or was it Minnesota just like handing them plays? The latter. Yeah, I think so. But but they won. They, they won they the won. game. <laughs> then they play Purdue and you know, this is a, now now you're playing Big Ten competition. Purdue wasn't as insanely beat up. No, they were. They they were missing. Wait, was this? No, the, this is the game. This was the game that they lost. That that, that both. Uh, or was it TCU? No, I'm pretty sure it was. Minnesota. I think it, I think it was Minnesota. And what we're talking about is when uh, the play, the the worst play in Purdue history, where um, the blank. man of glass, Elijah Sindelar, yeah, there <laughs> Elijah Sindelar, and uh, and Rondale Moore both go out in the same play. So I'm I'm almost. I should positive. know that I should know I am, that I am 95 percent sure it was in this game. Hmm. So, so this is a Purdue team that you know going in everyone was expecting to be formidable. Correct. And Minnesota knew that Purdue was struggling with things defensively, shall we say? And they lit them up. They lit them up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. In that game, so offense did what they had to do. Then the dominant stretch took off. This was when the Gophers. Took it up a notch. 40 to 17 versus Illinois. 34 to 7 versus mm. Nebraska. That was a beatdown that night. Th- those were both beatdowns. Absolutely. Another beatdown. Rutgers, we expect that to happen. Sure. 42 to 7. They embarrass Maryland 52 to 10. Wait, what a stretch. Look at that. Yeah, they're just they they, they absolutely murder people. 40 in the to month. 17. 34 yep. to 7. Yeah. 42 to 7. The entire 52 month. 52 to 10. The entire month of October, they just absolutely destroy people that entire month. You don't get much better than that. Then the moment of the year, I don't think it goes without saying the moment of pretty much any gopher fan that's definitely listened to this podcast, but maybe alive. That's yeah, I mean Penn State. And and of course, ESPN College Game Day decides they're not going to show up. No, no, they got to go to LSU, Alabama. Whatever you have it was. to. This was cent- way better of a game. Oh this my god! This was a great game. Penn State, we knew at the time, was a great football team. They were undefeated as well going into that. And game. we're starting to think, you know what, Minnesota is pretty great too. Yes, and dude, they beat they beat Penn State. Um, they beat them. They were the better team that day. Like I'm not saying that. Penn State could not have won that game. They could have, but Minnesota was a better team that day. And again, made uh, plays in the passing game when they had to. The lasting image in my head for that game was when ESPN, I think it was ESPN, was cutting away from the uh, stadium, from the TCF, the bank, and they were playing the Lion Sleeps tonight. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot about tonight. that. Yeah. I got to think whoever is listening to that. Uh, our boy JD, a friend of the pod, sure. he was there. Uh, you know, it 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 was at that point where I suddenly noticed 
more Minnesota Golden Gopher sweatshirts around the health club around town. <laughs> right? I mean, that's fair to you say. You just have to get that dig in right there, don't well, you? Well, it's not so much of a dig. as Okay, it's partly a dig. But I only think it's one quarter of a dig. The other three quarters is, do you know how big of a deal it is for P.J. Fleck in this football program to have done that? Sure. Like, when yeah. I'm at, I mean, this is... When I go into the dry sauna, that's what I do. I start out working out by going to the dry sauna, get stretched out. I like out, the get, dry sauna. Oh, I love the dry sauna. Yeah. Nobody's ever talking about college football in there. This is no, Minnesota. It's the they Vikings. They were talking about the Gophers in the dry sauna. Yeah, that's cool. I love to hear that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That game right there, I'm going to call the dry sauna game. That's when you know. That's the dry sauna game. Correct. Okay. That's like a, is that the new Hoosier line? The dry sauna game? We got a lot of, of We got to start writing these yeah. down. I'm going to start losing. Then they go to Iowa City. It's a night game. They Night had, game they mechanic, the emotional letdown after Penn State, but a close game. I mean, Very it's close a game, game. they oh, could have won. 23, 23 to nineteen. Yes, certainly that game could have gone either way. But in the end, <clears throat> Iowa wound up being a ten-win team. You go in there, you don't play your best, you lose. They turn around and do whatever they had to do versus Northwestern. They beat them thirty-eight to twenty-two. So then they go into a home game, game day. Biggest rival on the planet. Finally game day. Yes, finally game day. Crappy weather, and unfortunately, Wisconsin, Wisconsin stopped them. Oh, they stopped them. They were a much better team that day. Yep. And, I, and I'm and i saying, unfortunately, from a Gopher fan's point of view, right. obviously, um, there was no doubt at the end of the game who was the better team. Absolutely there. not. And I think part of it was Wisconsin probably was a little bit better team than them. I mean, th- I think they're comparable. But part of it was revenge from last year. They, okay, they came I, ready yeah. to play. I think it was a better game plan by Wisconsin. Okay. Revenge, to me, lasts about a quarter. I don't know. But in the end, Wisconsin, I don't know. They just put a better game plan together. Now, you could have you could have stopped there, Minnesota. Still would have been a good year. But the finish versus Oh, Auburn. man. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna flat out, I'm gonna flat out say it. As far as, you know, in the non- you know, Iowa football category for games that I enjoyed watching the most this year. Minnesota, and I'm going to say, pecker slapping Auburn. It was, was up a, there. It was a definite They, they won slap. 31-24. It, it was way worse. Oh, that. God. That, that was score, at least a two-touchdown That win. score is not indicative of what happened in that game. We, you know, of course, we talked about this in our, our bowl recap, but my God, the way that they dominated Auburn on both sides of the line of scrimmage was so impressive. Extremely impressive. Oh my God. I, I just kept Nobody hearing- saw that coming. Of course we talked to, you know, you know, idiot uh, announcer for ESPN. Ron Gilmore was just, uh, just could have just amazed, just amazed that what Minnesota was doing to Auburn up front. Well, it was happening. There's he no, just, he kept talking no about fluke plays, kept talking about how great the defensive linemen were for Auburn as, as they, they were, were getting, getting blasted, absolutely dominated by the offensive line of Minnesota. So not only was this a good way to end the year for Minnesota, another thing I'd like to point out. Okay. Like I'm just for string theory for a second, let's say they go in and get beat by Auburn somewhat handedly. Sure. What detractors could have said to Minnesota, Minnesota fans is you had an amazingly easy schedule, but the four good teams you played, Iowa, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Auburn, you only beat one of them. Yep. But that's not how it ended. It's not they how went it ended. 500 versus, versus elite teams. Correct? Yes, absolutely. Which is pretty good. Which is pretty goddamn most, good. Most teams. So 
I think Auburn wound up with 10 wins, right? Or nine I don't know what they're Nine final. or 10, but know. Wisconsin did, Iowa did, Penn State did. Point I'm trying to make is 10 win teams or or very close to it, they went two and two. That's good. Yeah, I think I think that Auburn might have been nine, but whatever. Point being, okay. So team stud, this is tough. You know when There's you a are having you know when you're having a good season when podcasters look back and they want to try to pick out your team stud and it's hard to choose. Yep. You go first. Okay. You know I hate to do this. I really do. But there's certain positions that are more important than than others. And if you've got somebody that's a leader at a certain position, it's hard not to choose them. It's just Tanner Morgan. Okay. I'm really? Sorry, I, okay. I have I thought, to go with Tanner Morgan. Obviously, Tanner Morgan is a great choice. Obviously, Rashad Bateman would be a great of choice. Of course. Nobody's going to pick Rodney Smith in this spot, but no. I want to give him a shout-out. Rodney yes, Smith. I, I, I'm glad you brought him up. 1,163 yards, eight touchdowns. He was a physical force <sighs> in that. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr., I mean, he won the Big Ten defensive back of the year. Uh, maybe I should have taken him. No, I'm still going Tanner. So I understand Tanner Morgan, but I am going with Tyler Johnson. I don't blame I believe, you. I, I mean, I believe if you ask players on that team, who was the dude? Like, there's always a dude on the team. Typically, there's a dude on offense and there's a dude on defense. Sure. There's no doubt in my mind everybody would point to Tyler Johnson as the dude. And he's a Minneapolis guy. And he's been there. He's a senior. Know, he's he a senior. Back. He's been there pre. He came back. He he was there pre flack He's been through it. Yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, that's. I'm not going to argue with it. I feel comfortable about. Yeah. It. Biggest thing looking back, I, I kind of already touched on it, but well, the, biggest the, moment. What's that? Biggest moment, Penn State. Yeah, that's. I think same we agree thing. on that. Yep. So I, we kind of already talked about that. Um, or sorry, best game, biggest moment. Yeah. Yep. And then the biggest thing looking back is just the story of it all. I mean, Minnesota, Boy, that's a good point. Minnesota was like, they were interviewing PJ Fleck, you know, during the college football playoff show, whoever thought that was going to happen. It's a good point. That's a mean, very good point. It's just, and, it's just, it was just the story of it. Okay. So you know what? I, I had something written down. I'm going to change it. The thing that impressed me the most about the Gophers this year is not that what they accomplished. It's that they were on a linear trajectory the entire year. Their their worst game was their first game. Probably their second worst was Fresno, the second game. Then Georgia South, and they just kept getting better and better and better and better and better yep. every single game until they beat Auburn's ass. And I think we said that a lot during the podcast last year. We kept saying Minnesota just keeps getting better. Oh, I kept saying it all the time. Yep. Um, the biggest thing looking forward is Kind of similar to Indiana. Mm -hmm. Can they keep it up? Right. I believe it, it is Kirk Chiroka being gone. I think it's a thing. I don't. I don't think it's a big thing. Okay. I really don't. Okay. I think they're gonna continue on. I think PJ has his philosophy. He's gonna. He's gonna. You know, tell his offensive coordinator this is what we want to do. But then I'm gonna let you go and do it. Fair point. I don't think it's gonna be huge. Okay. I, I and I don't mean to say huge. I'm just saying I'm I'm interested to see if it has like the uh, the mix that he was able to put together run pass. Um, now another another offense coordinator come and do the same thing, but it was impressive. It was very impressive. It absolutely was. Yeah. Uh, team grade. This was actually pretty easy for me. I went a minus. This is a definite a minus. I me. went solid a. You went an a. Okay. Yeah. I mean they didn't win the trophy games. A couple of them, but. 
at the same time, you look back at it just it's it's just very impressive what they okay. did. So kind of like how I did with Penn State, kind of like how I did with Nebraska. We haven't you, that one's still in the in the can, as they say. But I mean this as respectful to the fan base. Right. I'm not giving them an A because you don't want this to be an A. You didn't win the Big Ten West. You yeah, didn't get the pig and you fair. didn't get the axe. No season in in you know gopher football history should be an A when it ends without the axe, the pig, and a Big Ten West championship. They can do better. That's fair. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So this will be the last team that we give the postseason record for. You know the expression, save the best for last? We seem to have done that here. You could say that. Yeah, I think you could say that. <laughs> the Ohio State Buckeyes, their preseason over-under was 10. No kidding. Which was second in the conference behind Michigan's 10.5. Okay, that's right. Sure. Um, they finished 12-0, and and they finished 13-0 uh, and at one point after winning the Big Ten. And then a document, of course, we'll get into it. They finished 13-1 and overall. This was the greatest Asterisk. thirteen and one team in the history of college football. Oh God! I don't know if we be. can overstate. I, I don't care if it sounds like I'm overstating stuff. These guys were amazing. You know, I, I still just I don't accept that loss against Clemson. I'm sorry. I'm not even an we'll Ohio get, State fan. We'll get to that. I don't accept it. I won't accept it ever. But going back a little bit, okay. You know, it seems like this is like a lifetime ago, essentially, but. Do you remember when people were a little bit concerned about life without Urban Meyer? Yeah, you know, so that didn't concern me as much as new quarterback, new offensive line. Those were the things that concerned me. I would say throw the life without Urban into what do we know about Justin Fields? I'm very much agree with that. I I started to come around that their their O-line was going to be at least pretty good. Um, I didn't. I'll be honest. Really? With you. I, I had mean, no idea what to think. I didn't think it. Let me put it this way. It wasn't one of my concerns. I didn't okay. think it would wind up being wow. as good as it was. But, but all of those questions were not only answered, they were answered with gusto. But don't you think that Ryan Day, like going into the season, Ohio State people had so much confidence in him. He had done so well the year before. It just didn't seem like a big thing to me. Okay. I just... I understand what you're saying. I mean, in the end, it was correct, but and again, I that, don't know how I mean, you can say Urban Meyer is gone from a football program and say it's not a big deal because that's a big deal. Okay, but that then, is that but, is okay, the, but then, the second like, or third biggest coach probably of our lifetimes. Yeah, that's fair. But I think the thing that gave me the most confidence was just looking at his hair. My God, it's great quaff. Oh, it's not a great quaff. I mean, it's like. It's it makes Jimmy Johnson's hair look bad. Really? Yeah. Oh, I would say so. Yeah. yeah. It's movie star quality. Yeah, but like top notch movie star. Okay. Who has He's the a... best head of hair in Hollywood right now? I cannot name that off the top of my head. You know who it is? It's Ryan Day. Okay. <laughs> there you go. We you answered your own question. Um. So you break you go you go over the schedule here. I mean, this literally reads, and I know we use this expression a lot. This looks like video game scores yes. that you do, like when you have an NCAA football team up and rolling. They barely the first game of the year. They're feeling things out. They only beat Florida Atlantic forty-five to twenty-one. It was a bad day. Then they beat a Cincinnati team that wound up winning what nine ten games, something like that. Yeah, forty-two nothing. Yeah, it was whatever. Just absolutely it's, killed it's them. A shutout. Whatever. Fifty-one ten Hoosiers. 
76 to 5. Mayim Vahal. Do you remember they were they were down in that game? I'll never forget. I I bet the uh, I bet uh, oh, Miami Ohio in that game. Okay. And I was I was feeling great. It was like plus four thirty eight something forty points. Or oh, something I think like it was that. like forty something. I'm yeah. like, it, they, we went deep into the first quarter, and, and Miami's was winning. No, was it five to nothing? Something or like five that. Five to three. And I'm like, okay, that's a win. Yeah. Now I got my ass kicked that that Whew. day. And then they uh, game day in Lincoln. They go uh, to Nebraska, win forty eight to seven. That was when I just remember watching the Ohio State offensive line. Go to work. It was like on the on the front seven of the, oh the Nebraska defense, and and it was I I, I don't want to say embarrassing for Nebraska because again I give everyone a pass yep. for losing to Ohio State, but they manhandled Nebraska up front, like like you can't really you can't be any better than that. no. It was and, and at least at least you can't be any better than that when two power five teams are going against yes. each other in conference. Um, then Michigan State. Now I will say Michigan State was punchy. For about a quarter, that sounds a about quarter right. and a yeah. half, yeah. and then it just you know the talent played out after that. Uh, they toyed with Northwestern. That was a Friday night game, remember? Oh, was it a Friday night game? Yeah, fifty-two to three, and I'm dead serious. They were flat in that game, right? They're flat, they, and they won fifty-two to three. But they won by forty-nine. Then we thought Wisconsin. Okay, yeah, now, maybe they've got a shot. Because now, if you remember, Wisconsin just lost to Illinois the week before. Oh God, that's right. So it took the it took the the heat off. That's right, because everyone was pissed off at Illinois Correct. for for ruining that game. I don't you're, think it would. You're welcome, everybody. I doubt it would have made much difference. No. Um, it was but close at halftime. It was very close. Yeah, yep. they, they again. I I've said this many times. Wisconsin had a great game game plan, but again, in the end, Ohio State their their talent. Just Thirty-eight to seven. Then they play Maryland, seventy-three to fourteen. Oh. The proverbial yes, it was worse than that. It was worse than that somehow. Um, Rutgers out of nowhere scores twenty-one points versus Ohio State, which I still but, think is like one of the more statistical anomalies from the Big Ten. Wasn't season that last their high-scoring mark against a P five? Against a P five team. Yeah, yeah. But then also early in that game, like that game was over yeah. within five minutes. Right. Like it was like twenty-eight nothing. Yeah. And and. and Ohio State had run like four offensive plays. Right. Well, and I think part of it is Ohio State was they they 100 percent took the foot off the gas. Why? Absolutely. Because the next week they are playing Penn State. Yeah. Um. I don't think there's any question that Penn State has given Ohio State the biggest run for their money over the past three four years. Sure. Um. Now the the final score wound up being 28 to 17. Yeah. There's a point of contention with Penn State fans in this game where they say, why is everybody acting like Ohio State killed us? It was an 11-point game. That is accurate. It was an 11-point game. Yeah, but there's a bunch of things that happen. I remember exactly, but there's a bunch of turnovers, like almost touchdowns that should have been touchdowns. I I don't remember exactly. But to me, it was more than an 11-point win. Okay. And I'm going to agree with you, but I would say, you know – Penn State forced some turnovers. You can't, you That's can't, a good you point. can't, you can't like That's a good point. besmirch Penn State for forcing a turnover. They forced it, That's and, a good point. And, and a lot of them were forced turnovers. But it it gave Ohio it took a little bloom off the rose, I believe. Yeah, I game. suppose that's true. And that also, I guess, maybe some of my giving Ohio State a pass for only winning against a great team by eleven is uh, Fields was not healthy. That Correct, game. and I think that was when Fields kind of got hurt. Yep. And of course, because it's the Big Ten and it's Big Ten schedules, because you would never see this shit in the SEC. Who does Ohio State follow up right after Penn State? Oh, Michigan. God. 
I mean, that's talk cra- about that's, grueling. That's crazy to me. Not only do you you have Penn State at home, then you go on the road to Michigan. So you kind of thought to yourself, I was one of them that thought. I think Michigan's going to man up yes. and make this a game. And again, Michigan, Michigan at that rolling. point in the season was rolling. Yes. They were rolling. Absolutely. 56 to 27. Oops. They crushed them. They crushed Did, them. Didn't even belong in the same field. No, again, they did not. yet again. Yeah. Ohio State proves that they are they are several levels above Michigan. I don't even know if there's much to talk about on top of that anymore. Um, then they play uh, Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game uh, again, in Indianapolis. To me, it's kind of like the, the the original game, the the first game they played. Wisconsin had a great game plan, kept it really close, but then in the end, we, we knew who the better team was. There was no doubt. No doubt. And I was upset after that game because essentially SEC fans and Big Ten haters, which you know typically are one in the same, um, they were saying, oh, look at – uh, uh, Ohio State. They struggled to put away Wisconsin. That's because Wisconsin's really good. That's why they struggled to put them away. And it's a neutral field. Ugh. Like there was no. They did not deserve to get dropped down a spot in the college football. They playoff, did not. They which should've... made a gigantic difference because if they would have stayed where they're at, they would have played Oklahoma, and they would have gotten into the I college football championship. That was a huge thing. And any Ohio state fans that bitch about that, they deserve to be to bitch about that. They should have stayed the number one seed. I don't understand. They got screwed. They got screwed. Of course. And because of that, I I think that's the, maybe that should be the theme of their season. They got Ohio state got screwed this season. And if you're like, Ohio state, listen, if you're a fan, you want to see a fair shake. I don't believe they got it with the college football committee at the end of the year. How can you be ranked number one? You beat a very good team at your number one in all every analytics. You're number one and you drop. And and your finishing kick is Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin. How do you drop after you won all three of those games? Uh, It's unreal. I just I, I, I I was pissed at the time. I might be more pissed now than I was at the time. Because then it led to the pissed off moment, which is getting beat by Clemson. I mean, we're, I didn't know, like, obviously we broke it down big time in the podcast, but a it's a, just a, a play that was caught that was called a fumble, a, a, a catch and a fumble, strip and touchdown on the field was reversed, and I haven't seen any you know official. You know, like a like an ex official say that it should have been overturned. Not nope. one person say it should be overturned. No, nope. and of course the hit, the Wade hit on Trevor. Wade Lawrence. hit was big. The 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 roughing the punter turned into uh, you know uh, the the fifteen yard penalty was. It, it, we've I don't want to hash over it too much, but every single call that could have gone against Ohio State went against Ohio State. Correct. And they still had a chance to win so a at the end of the game. Yeah, and yeah. it was only a miscommunication. That there was a zig of... instead of a zag. Yeah, zig should have been zag. Um, so when you look down stats, right, uh, yeah. there's stats that are single digits, there are stats that are double digits, and then there are stats that are triple digits, which typically means a very bad stat. There are no triple digits stats nope, for Ohio one. State. In fact, there's very little double-digit stats. They are basically ranked in the top ten in 80% of the categories okay. that you can be ranked in the Their top Their worst 10. category is penalty yards per game. They were 73rd. And so, so yeah. And one of them that's kind of up there is their uh, passing offense. The only reason their passing offense isn't ranked that high is because they had people put down so early there was Correct. no reason to throw the ball. Total offense, four. Russian offense, five. 
Pass efficiency, five. Scoring offense, three. Total defense, one. The best defense in the country. Rushing defense, nine. Passing defense, one. Uh, passing efficiency defense, one. Scoring defense, four. I mean, just it, it's incredible yep. to, to look down the single digits. Third down conversion, fourth down conversion, uh, red zone defense. Uh, <laughs> Long story short, first, every stat. First down just, offense. Just any stat it's, you can it's dream It's ridiculous. Of. <laughs> they were absolutely incredible. Uh, team stud, you know who mine's going to be, right? I got, uh, you're, you're I got, got J.K. Dobbins. I got J.K. Dobbins. 2,003 yards rushing, 21 touchdowns. I believe he was the he was the the backbone of the offense. Was he the glue? I think it was more than glue. I think it was, he was more, more than, than glue. Okay. Together. Yeah. He was, he was, he was pumping things. He was doing more. He was more active. To okay. It. So people, he, th- things were getting glued to him. Yes, okay. Yeah. He, he was the substrate yeah. that By was the way, getting glued to. <laughs> yes. By the way, any of the next two choices that you're going to pick, I would assume I'm also, I will also support. Could be Chase Young. Yeah. Could be J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Could be Jeffrey Okuda for all that. For real. K.J. Hill. Why not? Yep. Again, I, I kind of hate myself for this. I'm going with the quarterback, which is like the easy way out. Fields, he was their leader. Uh, he stayed healthy the whole year, which was a concern. Healthy-ish. Yes, healthy-ish. That's correct. Um, what blows my mind with Justin Fields is, if you would have told me, if you would have told anybody, sorry, before the season, that Justin Fields was going to stay healthy through the whole season, that Ohio State was going to go 13-0, and yep. he was going to... Uh, throw for 3,300 yards, have 41 touchdowns to only three picks, and that he was going to finish a distant second <laughs> in the Heisman campaign. Would have that not you blown it, your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Of course it would. Isn't that insane? It's amazing. And, and, and it that, was like people were like, oh, yeah, Justin Fields. Like, dude, he's the, he's the quarterback of Ohio State. And it's not to disparage Burrow either because he had an amazing No, I year. know, but it, it just blew my mind. That it is crazy. That played out. So uh, the best game – moment i i actually said how they came back to beat wisconsin to me that was the biggest thing because i mean i think they were already getting into the college football playoff at that point regardless but they had to come back to win that game and to get to 13 and all this is a tough one i think i'm going penn state because it's it's just you know it's the best team that they want on the way to the the championship the under the way the playoffs penn state definitely is a good choice how crazy is it that the biggest game of the year, every year, in the Big Ten is Ohio State-Michigan. Sure. They won that game by three, four touchdowns, and we don't even consider it as no. the biggest game. I That's where the state of that rivalry is Yes, at right I now. don't think you can consider it. Uh, the biggest thing, looking back, I think you know we've pretty much touched upon it. It's just the overall dominance that this football team represented, 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 Without winning in the natty. That it's just that's my, what it was. My biggest question, I have a couple of them here. I want to know who paid the refs in the Fiesta Bowl. That would be a big one. That's a big one. It's huge. And then the other one would be I would love to see this team with Justin Fields right, with him healthy. It's a good point. Oh man. It's a really if he good, had stayed healthy. Really I, I would just I don't know. I, I think it this is as close to an unbeatable team as you have. Yeah. Oh, I, w- I just would have loved to see that. Yeah, that's know. a really good point. Uh, the biggest thing looking forward is, listen, Ohio State is going to be Ohio State again next year. Is this loss, will that loss versus Clemson 
serve as even more motivation for the returning studs that are on this roster to fuel them next year? I think the answer is absolutely yes. My biggest question is keeping the defense playing at the level they were playing at without Jeff Halfley. Yeah. Okay. So you, I like, I liked him that much. I, I think the defense was a Madison defense. I'm not concerned about their defense at all. Really? Okay. Their defense is going to be fine. I hope you're right. I I would be more concerned with the loss of Chase Young, which by the way, their their defense will have another defensive end. There's yeah, there's gonna be another one in there. It somewhere. just won't be named Bosa or Young. Right. It'll just be a finally a different name. Um I, I would say uh the health of Young or the health not Young, the health the health of uh, Justin Fields next year mixed in with no JK Dobbins, a couple you know, they're gonna have to get a couple wide receivers. They got a ton of wide receivers. Don't get me wrong. They'll be like, fine at wide receiver. I but, guarantee. But their 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 go to wide receiver is gone. Yeah. And I don't know. Just just a little bit. Will will the offense be able to be that amazing next year? I guess the the for me the only drop off I see next year is J.K. Dobbins to Master Teague. Yes, and that concerns me. It it concerns me a little bit. Like little I bit. feel like Ohio State fans are a little too overconfident in master take might be a little bit. He's not a JK Dobbins. And I, I don't think that. anybody is outside of, of Jonathan Taylor. Like that's, a, I think they're going to miss JK a big time, big time next year. I think it just means they're going to lean a little more heavily on the pass. Could do that too. Yeah. Um, 2019 team grade. I, I'm assuming we're going to agree on this. I have an a minus. Hmm. I have an a plus. What? They, they got, were the national championship. They got screwed by the refs. Really? I, I'm not so that's accepting. the route you're taking. They did everything you could ever ask them to do. And 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 I only had them winning I had them going ten and two in the regular season. They overachieved my expectations and they did everything. You're you're they giving done. You're, okay, I get what you're saying, but Ohio State I guarantee you Ohio State fans would not give this team an A plus in their in their mind. My name is Big Kurt, and I am giving the twenty nineteen Ohio State Buckeyes an A plus for their season. What is the goal of Ohio State fans going into next year? To win a national championship. What is going to be Ohio State fans' goal the year after that? To win a national championship. Unless you win a national championship, it is not an A plus. They didn't not win a national championship. <laughs> really, I didn't. I you, you surprised me here. You're you're not just you're not just being glib. This is this is your feels. Do you really think that was that game was okay? No, of course not. Ohio State, my 2019 national champion. <laughs> I respect that. I like that. All right, buddy. That's it. All right. That was a fun little exercise, it I was. think, for that, 14 teams. That concludes the big curve. Sorry, we are Tarantino in this a little bit. Birthday we, pod. We, we, we've got four more teams to go if you're a, a listener. But uh, anyways, it's been fun. This was fun. Yeah. We'll dream up a couple things to talk to once we get deeper into February. I think so. I think we we'll got come a up with couple nuggets. I am Jeffrey the Green. And I am Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.